Mark Batterson said, if you want to change your life, you have to change your words. Hi, this is Greg. I'm one of the pastors here at West Valley Christian Church. At home, at work, and everywhere in between, we too often find ourselves trapped in self-defeating patterns of fear and frustration. But three small words have the power to transform our lives. Please, sorry, and thanks. Join us as we flesh out these words and see how they can change our lives and the lives of those around us. We hope you enjoy. Was that not an awesome song? Let's give it up for the worship team. Woo! And I say give it up for the person that wrote those words. I mean, they, they put into uh, to some words that uh, I feel oftentimes uh, inadequate, but uh, grateful. Hey, I, um, I'm excited to be uh, sharing today as we conclude a series called How Sweet the Sound. And let me just say this. I totally forgot the first service. And sorry for those of you that are online. We love you. We're glad you're uh, joining us. But after service, there's actually a table out there that says How Sweet the Sound. And there's a bunch of candy in front of it. And so one of our core values at West Valley Christian Church is fun. So we thought it would be fun. Uh, so you could grab some candy out there and just make sure you take it all so I don't get tempted, especially those Reese's peanut butter cups, because you don't want Pastor dying of some diabetic thing. But, uh, but yeah, we'll have some fun with that. So go, so go out there and, and grab that. So we are concluding a series called um, Please... Uh, thanks, and um, sorry, those three words that could literally change relationships. And, and it's twofold. It's changing our relationship with God, and it could change our relationship with each other. Amen? And I hope that it's been challenging to you, uh, but also encouraging at the same time. And like I shared, some of those words are easier than others, like sorry. Oh, man, you should have heard our life group. We could have gone for hours on this. That's a tough topic. Would you agree? But it's the right topic, and it's a good topic, and it's healthy. But uh, also the topic of please. And now, um, today, thanks. Can you say thanks? Thanks. Well, uh, some of us, uh, that's an easy thing to say, and some of us, maybe not so easy. But we'll see what God has to say about it. Amen? Let's go to the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for getting us up. Thank you for uh, just giving us a band that's so gifted to uh, lead us uh, today in worship. Thank you for this facility, Lord. Thank you for health. Thank you for um, your word that we get to dig into. God, help me. Um, <laughs> a little tired, so just give me strength, Lord, uh, to do the best that I can to present your words. We ask that your Holy Spirit would continue to be in this place and to do its thing, uh, not only here, but for all those that are online and wherever they are this morning. We love you. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen. So let's just start this off. Some of you, it's going to be really easy. Some of you, ah, ready? Can you say the word thanks? One, two, three, thanks. Let's say it again. One, two, three, thanks. One more time. One, two, three, thanks. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for sharing thanks with me. You know, I was in my office and I was having some fun with this, but I was like, you know, there's different ways people say these, this word. You know, thanks is one. Uh, some, some, thanks a lot, you know, maybe start sarcastically sometimes. How about, have you heard this, thanks a million? Um, uh, thank you kindly, you know, that's not used as much, but you hear that phrase. And, and this one, um, this is a good one. This one, uh, I can't thank you enough. And it's funny because I found myself just doing that again. When I say that, I'm like, I just can't thank you enough. My head just goes like this. Because there's that just, ah, uh, right? And, and I didn't, you know, this is, 
When I used to do the three services, it was literally three sermons before COVID. Uh, if you don't know this, um, people that have been around long enough, I, I preach just different every service, you know, so like this. I, I didn't say this first service, but um, I turned uh, another age this week, uh, 55 last week, actually. And um, yes, praise God, uh, made it to 55. But, you know, honestly, um, uh, I can't thank you enough was, was really, um, you know, some birthdays just come and go, and that's fine. The older you get, you know, like, oh, what are you going to do? I don't know. Go to work, you know? Um, but I just can't thank you enough for some cards that came my way and just generous thoughts. And um, just, I, I, I find myself in a spirit of gratitude, um, especially uh, on, on Thursday. Although it was a long day, it was a good one. But with that, something special happened. And I wasn't going to bring this up today because I just didn't know how it all played out. But um, uh, I think it was Tuesday, Cynthia, our operations director, came to my office and said, hey, um, someone nominated our church um, for Thankful Thursday for a, a, a radio station called KKLA. It's a Christian radio station, big radio station. And actually, I want to give a shout out because we had no idea who it was. But um, when they came, they told us it was one of our members that's online uh, did that. And so a shout out to our online people. But they came and they gave us, they, they, they did a full spread of lunch for our staff. And it was awesome. And then they interviewed me for a while. And then, um, and then it's, it, it went on. It went on air. Now, I didn't follow through and find out when and how and what, but I, I didn't even think it had aired yet. But one of our members this morning, I was talking with them, and they're like, oh my gosh, we were at the park yesterday, and we ran into a family, and we started talking, and somehow West Valley came up, and the lady's like, oh my gosh, I heard your pastor's interview about da-da-da-da, and I need to check out that church. So I, all that to say, I'm thankful. Like, we don't deserve that. We did nothing, but God blessed us in a way that we could uh, never imagine. Amen? And I could just keep standing up here babbling, but I, I think what's important is this. There are seasons in my life where it's easy to be thankful, and there are seasons in my life where it's not. Can you relate to that? And, you know, it's a matter of choice because um, I, could, I could be really ungrateful right now, and I could give you all kinds of reasons, <laughs> and you can too, Right? But the truth is, um, God's not calling us to be ungrateful. And when we think of this word thanks, I, I can't help but to think gratitude, right? Thanks and gratitude are interchangeable. Would you agree with that, church? Mark Batterson, author of the book, please, sorry, thank you. He says this, gratitude is giving credit where credit is due. It's a fundamental recognition that every good and perfect gift comes from God. Amen? Do you believe that? Every good and perfect gift comes from God. So if you're taking notes, write this down. Uh, I just want to share uh, three truths with you today. Number one, gr thanks is gratitude. I just shared that with you. Thanks is gratitude. All right? And uh, I, I uh, so if you find yourself on a Tuesday morning going, gosh, I feel like I want to pray for something. I want to tell you what you could pray for on a Tuesday morning. I mean, you could pray this any time of the week, but Tuesday morning at 1030, um, your staff, your team meets. And there's, I think there's about 10 of us in that meeting. And we meet from 1030 to, I think it's supposed to be 1130, but the staff would tell you we, we go all the way to 12. I don't know why or how, but that happens. So you could always pray for that. That would be awesome. Pray for us as we talk about you. 
and the ministry and what God's doing and what God wants to do. Are you with me on that? Amen. So with that, um, I, I was studying a little bit Monday afternoon, a little bit Tuesday morning. And in the book, Mark Batterson writes this. He says, are you taking things for granted or are you taking things for gratitude? Are you taking things for granted or are you taking things with gratitude? And I think that's a great question, don't you? Like this morning, as we're talking about this word thanks, what, are you taking things for granted or are you taking things for gratitude? Because that directly impacts whether we say thanks or not. Some of you even may be sitting here, and I'm not gonna say those of you that are like this, but some in your heart, you're like, ah, I don't even wanna hear about thanks. The pastor doesn't even know what I'm dealing with this week. You don't know the health thing or you don't know the relationship thing or you don't know the financial thing or you don't know my blah, 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 blah thing. And I, you're right, I don't know your things and you don't know my things, but the thing I do know is that all of us have something to be grateful for. And if at the end of the day, you don't have any of those things working for you, the fact that you're sitting here or you're online listening, I could tell you probably 20 things that you ought to be grateful for just by the fact that you're here. And so, yes, maybe we're struggling. Yes, maybe we're ungrateful. Yes, there's things that aren't going right. But all of us have reason to be grateful this morning. And all of us have reason to say thanks. So thanks is gratitude. I want you to open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. Uh, we love the Bible here at West Valley. Amen. This is God's word. And, and, and if you don't have a physical Bible on the bookshelves at the back, there's some brand new Bibles. You're more than welcome to grab a Bible, call it your own. We just ask that you read it. I know a lot of us have the Bible app on our, uh, on our phones. Um, it's called YouVersion. It's a free app. It's an amazing app. And I would encourage you uh, to download that if you don't have it. But Luke chapter 17, verse 11. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy, what did they have? They had leprosy, met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were what? As they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw, he was healed. He came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet, and what did he do? He thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Now, church, you look very intelligent. I know you know I probably don't even need to say another word because this story tells it all, doesn't it? In this topic of thanks, this topic of gratitude, we look at this story, but I want to dig into it just a little bit. We're introduced to uh, 10. 10 people that have this horrific disease. It's called what? Leprosy. Now, leprosy is not talked about much uh, in our society today. Uh, not very many people have it, but it, there, it's, there's people that still struggle. As a matter of fact, uh, my last trip uh, to Hawaii was working with uh, the church, I told you, in Honolulu. By the way, I got a letter from that pastor t uh, this week. That church is thriving. 
They've gone from no baptisms and no decisions for Christ for years, and they're having all kinds of baptisms, all kinds of baby dedications. They've tripled in size, and there's an excitement there. There's something to be thankful for, amen? But when I was over at my uncle's in Maui, uh, he, 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 his lanai faces the, the, the ocean, and, and, and when you look out, you see two islands, and um, at the moment, I'm forgetting, and he's at home watching right now going, come on, Rob. But, but the, the one on the left, um, and then there's one on the right, and I think it's, is it Malachi or something like that? Malachi, on the right. So it's interesting. You know there's a leper colony still on that island? And one of my friends from um, the Honolulu church, he's a chiropractor, and he flies over there. He's the one that told me about this. He goes, there's still lepers there. So it's interesting they're out on an island because you think about this. Leprosy back in the day when we're talking about the scripture right here, this is a, this is a horrific evil. It's a, um, it could be a nerve disease, skin disease. And, and, and you go, okay, whatever. But there was more disease than the physical. There was a spiritual and a relational, uh, emotional component to this disease. Because if you had leprosy, first of all, in that culture, you were perceived as one that must have sinned or someone in your family sinned. So wouldn't that be, I mean, you talk about cancer today, horrific, awful, disgusting disease. And you're having to manage all the emotions of that. But then culture says, well, the reason you have Cancers, because you've done something wrong. Like, how awful would that be? Or your family did something wrong. So that's what they were doing with leprosy. So there's a lot more than just the physical path, the emotional and the spiritual. And then check this out. How would this work out in 2023? You as a leper had to wear a bell around your neck. And anytime you came close into contact with people, you would take that bell and you would ring it. And not only would you ring it, but you had to yell out, unclean, unclean, unclean. Like, what's that going to do to a person's value? What's that going to do to a person's heart, right? So, so I, I'm digging into that because we could go, oh, and then there was two lepers and then they were cleansed and da, da, da. But there's a lot to this. There's a lot of heartache. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of shame that's involved in this. But you read the story. And I love this story. And I hate it at the same time. You're like, why, pastor? Because you read the story and these people are desperate. They're like, master, have pity on us. In this case, they would live out near the trash heap, Gehenna, the trash heap. And, and they weren't able to see the family and they weren't being able to be contacted. I mean, but then they see this Jesus and they, they scream, have pity on us. And what does Jesus do? Does Jesus go, oh my gosh, you guys are lepers. You've screwed up. You've messed up. That's why you're living outside the city. You're in the trash heap. That's why you're ringing a bell. Get out of my face. Don't bother me. No. You see, Jesus, when we talked about this whole series, he had empathy for the people. He walked in their shoes. He cared about them. And where society pushed them aside, Jesus brought them near. And you fast forward today, and I feel like I have to say this because I need to hear this, and I believe we need to hear this, and the world needs to hear this. Even though that we may think we don't have value, God thinks we have value. 
Even though we think what well, we've messed up and we've tripped up and we're, we're, we're all kinds of uh, evil, God says, yeah, that might be true of you, but that does not mean that you are not valuable. You're incredibly valuable. Valuable so much that I sent my son Jesus Christ to die for you on the cross, amen? And so it's no different in this story. Jesus says, you guys are valuable. And then we read, we read that in verse 14 of Luke 17, when he saw them, when he saw them, he had empathy for them. He had compassion for them. He says, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, I love this. It's underlined in my Bible. As they went, right? And you got to see, I have to bring this in. Anytime I talk about the lepers, the first time I was like, leprosy, I never heard about leprosy. And I was talking to the youth pastor, what does this mean? He's describing it. And he goes, part of it, it could play out. It's a part of it's a skin disease where literally skin could kind of shred off, right? And just kind of hang there. And, sorry, but I'm a, uh, I'm a product of MTV. <laughs> Do you know what MTV is? Every one of you that nodded your head, you're old. MTV was great. It was when I was in junior high and high school, it came out and, and uh, all kinds of cool music videos. You remember Devo with the, yeah, anyways. But my dad one night sat down, myself, my stepmom and my, my sisters and said, hey, there's this new video, you gotta see it. And my dad was really into music. He turned it on and it was a thriller. Michael Jackson. Now I'm gonna spare you. I did the dance first service. I'm not doing it second. Uh, no, I'm not doing it second service because it's it's being recorded. But just give you a hint, okay? And um, but do you remember? You remember those uh, figures? They 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 literally had like like skin kind of hanging. And and I know this is an extreme, but I think of when I think of leprosy, I, I think of the Michael Jackson video, and it's like that's not attractive. And these guys are the ones that, that Jesus had pity on or that were asking for pity. He saw them, they're walking, they've got skin hanging, who knows, they've, they're, they're paying head to toe. And then all of a sudden they go take another step and what happens? The guy's like, whose hand just showed up? Because all of a sudden this, this, this hand that had maybe skin hanging from it that was, that, was, that was filled with pain is now, it's cleansed. It's like that of a baby. And the change, that the pain from the, the tips of the toes to the top of the head, it, it, it just disappeared. Like literally from one step to the next, Right? Like church, I, I know we have people in the, that are dealing with some horrific chronic pain and diseases. And, and online, I know of stories of people that are watching. And they, they, would, they would give anything to have that pain removed, wouldn't they? Or that paralysis moved. Or that stigma that when looked at, removed. That happened. And that's the beautiful part of the story. But the sad part is the 10%. You're like, what do you mean the 10%, Pastor? Well, you know, back in the day when I went to school, you got graded on your work. 
You remember that? And if you put in some time and, you know, some were gifted and some weren't, it doesn't matter, but you had A's, B's, C's, and D's and F's. I, I heard we're trying to get rid of that. I think that's a joke. Sorry. You know, I'm sure I got some red F's on my paper and I think I'm okay today. As a matter of fact, it probably motivated me and helped me be better. Not everyone deserves a trophy. There's my sermon. Squirrel, let me get back here. (laughs) Wow, did I go sideways on that. I I need to see a therapist on all this. (laughs) But think about this. Jesus has healed these guys. 10% of them. That means 50% is failure when I was in school. 10%, that's a major failure. 10% of them went and said thanks. Think about that. Jesus changed their life. Literally took away all their pain and deformity and in in, in an instant they cried out and begged him for pity and he listened and he answered and only one of them could go back and say thanks? And I've got a problem with that. And I think Jesus did too because look at the comment. Where's the other nine? (laughs) Right? And so... I could pick on these guys, but then fast forward to 2023. Can I be just like those lepers? Can I take things for granted instead of gratitude? Oh, but pastor, that was an extreme. Yeah, it was extreme, but we're not talking about extremes. We're talking about the fact that you and I have a lot to be grateful for, amen? We should be saying thanks all the time, but sometimes it's really hard to do that because we're looking through the filter of what we don't have instead of the filter of what we do have. And I fall into that at times. How about you? Are you with me, church? It's getting quiet. Are you uh, taking things for granted or are you uh, taking things for gratitude? Uh, Mark Batterson says, gratitude is living each day like it's the first day and the last day of your life. I have friends that are in AA over the last 30 years, and I hear this one constant thing over and over again is a gratitude list, uh, right? Am I saying that right? Amen. Gratitude list. And, and I, I, I can't remember the specifics of it, but I know they're challenged to have this gratitude list, and that gratitude list needs to change. But I think that gratitude list is looked at in the morning. It's supposed to be looked at in the morning. And, and if that's the case, I think that's right and smart because it sets the stage for the day, Amen. Right? So you want to make sure that you're stepping out on the right foot. Church, you and I have a lot that we could take, granted, uh, take for granted, right? But let's take it for gratitude. Let's take it for gratitude. Psalms 118.24, the Lord has done it this very day. Let us rejoice today and be glad because of what the Lord has done. 1 Thessalonians 5.16, rejoice always, the Bible says, pray continually. And then I love this, give thanks in all circumstances. Can we read that? Verse 18, give thanks in all circumstances. Say it again. Give thanks in all circumstances. One more time. Give thanks in all circumstances. I love this passage. Give thanks. I don't like the all circumstances part. How about you? Oh, pastor, you're cranky today. Well, I'm just being real. I'm just being real. I don't always want to say thank you. 
I can say thank you in the good times, but the bad times I'm supposed to say thank you? Yeah. Give thanks. It's a command. So we ought to be giving thanks to the Lord. And I believe to strengthen and honor and respect relationships, we ought to be saying thank you to one another. Amen? A thank you could be a game changer. The French poet had a a habit. There was a French poet that had the habit of walking the streets of Paris with the intention of seeing something new each day. Now, that might not mean anything to you, but when I read that, you know, about a chapter later, I'm like, wait a second. I remember what I read. I want to go back to that, and I read it again. The French poet had a habit of walking the streets of Paris with the intention of seeing something new each day. This is how he renewed his appreciation for the city he lived in. And to me, that's all perspective, isn't it? It's setting yourself up for success. It's helping yourself write the gratitude list because you're looking through the filter of the positive instead of the filter of the negative. Yes, church? So one out of 10, one out of 10 said thanks. So here's what I did. I wrote down some questions in my office. I'm like, so, so, so the other nine, like what, what were they thinking? Did they feel like they were owed the healing? Like did they do something in their mind that, that they thought deserved the healing? Uh, did they just think they were entitled to the healing? Maybe they were just clueless? Or maybe just straight up they were ungrateful. I don't know why the other nine didn't go and say thank you. But I know I'm not those 10. I'm me. And I know what God has called me to is a heart of thanks. And what God has called you to is a heart of thanks. Amen? I love this approach to life. I love this approach to gratitude. It's a stop and smell the roses kind of attitude, amen? And now I'm going to be honest, and this is going to sound negative in a positive way. I don't like negative people. (laughs) I don't. Uh, Now, can I be negative? Absolutely. But I've I've self-titled myself as a realist, or I'll put it this way, an optimistic realist. Does that make sense? So I'm not like an optimist where pie in the sky, and I'm not, you know, negative Nancy, you know, that saying, at least that's what my stepmom was saying, negative Nancy, right? But I'm an optimistic realist, so I, I see the positive side of things. Now, that's challenged, especially lately, but by nature, I'm going to be more optimistic. And so when I'm around people that are negative, I'm around them all the time, it's just, it just kind of sucks the life out of you. Yes? Now, here's the reality. If you're a negative person, you don't know it. That's what I've learned. Most negative people, the ball humbuggers, the Eeyores of the world, they don't really know it. You know, they, they defend it, you know, and that's fine. But it's not fine, actually. But I would just encourage us to really work hard because negativity really impacts those that are around you. If you're in my office, uh, a lot of times that conversation will happen in my office. This is like, I just can't, this person in my life is just so negative. It's, it's, it's tearing me apart or it's tearing my family apart or, you know, dot, dot, dot. And again, we know hurt people hurt people. And last week we did the nesting dolls and there's many layers to us and many reasons why. But I want to just tell you, you're sitting in purple chairs in a church with the word of God open, and you may have a lot of reasons why you can't say thanks, but I want to tell you, you have all the reasons to say thanks. 
okay? Maybe not all the reasons you want, but the fact is God is good. He loves us. He created you in his image. You have value. You are forgiven. And you can hang your hat on that. Amen? I have so much more to say on that, but I'm going to stop right there. I would just say, um, stop and smell the roses. Um, Thanks is gratitude. And um, be present. Stop worrying. And don't be anxious. I know all those things are easy to say and hard to do. But at least we need to get there. So just practically speaking, how? How, how, how? Number two, I'm just going to say take a deep breath. I think a lot of times we can't say thanks because we're in the rat race and we're just running around and we're taking things for granted because we haven't stopped and smelled the roses. And so I like, I like just the, the permission to give you, take a deep breath. And maybe that's what you need to do this afternoon. You need to scratch what you were going to do and just take a deep breath. And maybe it's go for a walk like the French poet. Maybe it's go for a drive. Maybe it's write a gratitude list. Because I'm going to tell you, you have a lot to be grateful for. But it's hard to do that if you don't take a deep breath. I love the psalmist, 150, says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Church, I'm not a genius. Amen. I'm not the smartest guy in the world. Amen. But I do know this. You have breath. Because you're sitting here. Take away breath, you're not sitting here. At best, you're laying prone. (laughs) Let everything that has what? Breath, praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath, give thanks. Amen? And I love this. Breath is special, it's valuable, it's essential. If you are still breathing, God is not done with you yet. Breath is taken for granted, would you agree? When's the last time you even said, God, thank you for breath? Let me tell you, the average person inhales and exhales every four seconds. Did you know that? Approximately 20,000, 21,600 times we breathe every day. 21,000! I don't even say thank you most of the time once. I have this up here and you're wondering, oh, is he going to have an asthma attack or something? Or what? This is an inhaler. Unfortunately, this looks very familiar to some of you. Um, Robbie Denton, and I haven't talked about this much, um, from, from age two to, to, to 15, chronic asthma, over-the-top, crazy asthma. It got better probably around 26. I lived with these things in my pocket. I was the little, you know, the little athlete, but I was the one that could hardly breathe and, you know, I just lived off this thing. From the age of two to 15, I got shots every week, every week. And uh, my stepmom, I remember moving back to the valley and then we got the church here. If you go right down Sherman Way towards um, Topanga on the right-hand side, there's a brick building right kind of around Cavaretas. I remember as a kid, when we lived in um, Camarillo, my stepmom would bring me all the way here, take me out of school every week, bring me all the way to that building, and I'd get shots. And so if I said I was in the hospital over 100 times, I don't think I'd be exaggerating with asthma attacks. And that's not just when you can't breathe, you know, you're struggling and you need the assistance of this thing. Asthma attack is like, I can't breathe. 
And, and to, to explain the best way uh, what happens in an asthma attack is take a straw, breathe through it, then stick a pee on the end of it, and then try and breathe through it. You can't. So, so when I hear the word breath, it means a lot. Recently, two weeks ago, I'm with five guys that I'm in a um, cohort with, five pastors across the nation. You've heard me talk about them. And one of them has, a, has a, a chronic disease with his lung that he's been dealing with, I think, now for around 10 years. His lung capacity is now at 26%. Not smart on our part. We had our retreat at Big Bear. Um, so this is two weeks ago, 7,000 feet. None of us thought about it, even him. But when he got up there, it was literally every breath was a struggle and he had his little machine. And here you and I are just breathing fine, you know, for the most part. So the point is, not in a dramatic way, but just in a real way, are you grateful for your breath? Are you grateful for the thing that God has given you? And this is an inhaler that physically helps us, but Jesus is the best inhaler to help us with an attitude of gratitude. The psalmist in 150, praise the Lord, praise the Lord in the sanctuary, praise him in the mighty heavens, praise him in the acts of power, praise him for his surpassing greatness, praise him with the surrounding trumpet, praise him with the harp, the lyre, praise him with the thimble, dancing, praise him with the strings and the pipe, praise him with the clash of cymbals, praise him with the resounding home run with the Dodgers to win the pennant. No, let, let, let everything. The, the psalmist writes this at the very end, the very last thing that he says after all that he says in Psalms, let everything that has breath what praise the lord we have every reason to thank the lord we have every reason to thank each other and show each other respect when someone does something don't take it for granted tell them thank you and with that i invite the band up because as i was writing this message uh mandy pinto our worship director happened to be here leading worship for the kids chapel and i i said mandy we got to do something different i know we're singing the song gratitude i played it 10 times in my office that day i just kept playing it playing it playing it but i'm like mandy we got to sing it and so at the end of i said we're going to sing it so we're going to we're going to sing because everybody in here has a reason to say thank you amen every one of us miriam had a reason to say thank you hannah had a reason to say thank you david had a reason to say thank you mary had a reason to say thank you solomon had a reason to say thank you mary uh, another mary in the bible has a reason to say thank you and you and i have reason to say thank you so say thank you today let's stand up and say thank you to Jesus was singing a part of this song, Gratitude. So come on, my soul, don't you get shy. Up your song, cause you got a lie in it. 
you for friends. Thank you for family. Thank you for the church. Amen. You may be seated. And that brings us to the time of communion. And we are set up for the time of communion. Amen. See, for those of you that don't know, we as Christians, we have communion every week. Some churches, it's once a year, but I think we should have it every day. But at least since we meet, we have it every week. And again, we could take communion for granted or we could take it for gratitude. And don't take for granted what we do every week. It might seem weird to you if you're visiting and you go, a lot of these people drinking this little juice and this little cracker. It's not enough to fill your stomach. But it's a reminder for each and every one of us to say thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for us. Thank you, Jesus, for raising from the dead. Thank you for the forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit and the promise of eternity. And so when you take that juice, it reminds us of the blood that was shed on the cross so that we can, so that we can have life and have it abundantly for the body that hung on that cross and took a brutal beating. It reminds us not to take this for granted, not to take breath for granted, but to say thank you. So today, when you partake in the communion, as that juice touches your lips, let that be a thank you. Father in heaven, bless this time of communion. Help it be a time where we remember what you did for us. And Lord, may this act represent a thank you, a big thank you to you. Bless those that partake. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day. mercies and your love that you've always shown me you forget all